Super well, so good to be here this morning and sharing God's word with every one of you. As Gavin said, my name's Dave. For those who don't know me, one of the pastors here at Icon Church. It is a privilege just to share with you. And of course, with all our campuses, wherever you're watching from this morning, whether it's Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Stocksbridge, or Rotherham, and of course, everyone online, we're so pleased that we can reach people, not just right here in the UK, but in countries right across the world. So wherever you're watching from this morning, a big welcome to Icon Church. We know that God's going to speak to you this morning as I share. You know, just uh, last month, my son Christian turned 12 years of age. Now, here's the thing about my son Christian. He's actually, um, he's only one inch smaller than me, one inch shorter than me. And he just keeps telling me about the fact that he's one inch shorter. Now, uh, you may be thinking, well, what's going on? You know, why, 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 why is he only one inch shorter? Well, it's because I'm actually not that tall, but he is quite tall for his age. But here's the thing about Christian. He just keeps telling me, Daddy, I'm taller than you. And uh, I, I think he really is in the sense that he's got uh, his mother's genes or the, the genes from her background because some of those people are six foot tall. There's nobody in my family line who's over six foot. So uh, unless he stops growing right now, he will be taller than me probably by the end of the summer. I will need some help, uh, you know, looking after myself. So uh, maybe if you can look out for me, don't look out for myself, look out for me. But here's the thing about Christian is this. Uh, we were on a call recently with the school at a parents' evening. And in the parents' evening, one of the things they repeated again and again was that Christian, although he was sometimes shy, he was really very funny. And uh, one of his teachers said, his Spanish teacher said, the Christian is a scream in the class. So I thought, at least I've done my job well. He may not have my height, but he's got my cheeky Irish charm. And I think that's brilliant, the fact that he's having a laugh in school and he's enjoying himself. It is funny, isn't it, when we think of uh, children or we think of babies, you know, when Christian was born, it, it is amazing how many people said, you know, who does he look like? Does he look like his father or does he look like his mother? Well, uh, one of our neighbors came uh, just after Christian was born and she took a photograph and uh, she was able to do this with a bit of uh, her skill. She was able to create a photograph between me and him. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen right now. Is it going to come on the screen? There you are. It's coming there. So you can see that. Uh, that actually, uh, was, Christian was just a few weeks older. Um, you can't see that. Actually, I've got a lockdown haircut then, and there was no lockdown, so I don't know what was happening. But here's the amazing thing. that Actually, uh, whether he does look like me or not, I don't know. But, but, but babies grow, babies develop, and they do uh, begin to take on our likeness. Now, when somebody says to your, your baby who's just been born looks like you, I have to say, I don't know if it's a bit of a backhanded insult because let's face it, when babies are born, they've got big heads and wrinkly skin, don't they? They don't really look that good if we're honest this morning. We're not saying anything about Nova Marie this morning. Well done to Nathan and April. Give the guys a big hand in the, in the chat and also in the room. Thank you guys this morning. But you know, babies do develop. They do grow. They do begin to look like uh, the father or the mother. But they begin to look like them, not just in their physical appearance, but also their gestures, their behaviors, and what they begin to do. You don't have to have children to see this 
played out. In fact, you know, all you need to do is be close to somebody and you will begin to say that you will begin to rub off on them. They begin to speak like you. They begin to look like you. They may even begin to dress like you. Uh, we have the, the amazing ability to influence those around us. The problem comes, of course, when actually as individuals or as human beings, when we don't display a good example and somebody begins to take on examples or attributes that maybe aren't too good. So we need to watch of the fact of how we are living our lives as an example. Now, I want us to think of this idea right in the Bible because the Bible has this idea that God says that that he's going to create humanity just to be like him. In fact, the phrase that is used, used there is this idea of like us, that God was going to create the humanity to be like us, to be like God and all that he is. And I want us to think about this this morning. We're, we're going to look at a, a couple of passages this morning, uh, taken first of all from Exodus, and then we're going to jump right into the book of Genesis this morning to the opening words. But listen to these words taken from Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 5. And these words are repeated again and again throughout the Bible. And it says this, You must not have any other God but me. This is the first commandment that God gave out of the Ten Commandments. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol or an image or anything of in the heavens or the earth or, or the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Right at the beginning, as God gives these Ten Commandments, the first commandment is this. Don't make an image out of anything you see. Well, why did God say that? Well, there's two reasons this morning that God said, do not make an image. The first one is this, that anything we create, Anything we look at or we recreate, as often people do, they'll, they'll, they'll look at something, they'll look at the sun or the moon, they'll make an image or they'll carve an image. Uh, but the problem is they bow down and they worship those images. And God says, do not do that. Because actually, I am the only God, the only true God there is. And I want us to grasp that this morning. The first thing that God says is this, is don't make an image like me. Why? Because anything we create, anything we make that may look like God is always substandard to what God is really like. Anything that we make is never going to take the place of God and how awesome he is. You know, if we make a statue and we bow down to it, you know what? It's dishonoring the fact that God is amazing, that God is great. So the first reason is this, is we should not make an image because I actually it just dishonors who God is. But the second reason we are not to make an image like God is actually God has already done it himself. God has already said, I am making images and that images will actually just be like me. And that is you and me this morning, we are made in the image of God. And I don't know about you, but I think that is just amazing to be made in God's own image. And I want us to explore this idea this morning as we go through. This idea that we are made in the image of God. Right at the beginning in the book of Genesis, the opening words, we're going to explore just there for a few moments this morning. And then I'm going to draw some points to really uh, to help us apply this stuff into our lives. But you know, the book of Genesis, it shows the big picture of God, the big picture of what God was doing in creation. And it says this in the opening words. Listen to these words this morning. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens 
on the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Let's just pause there a second. Now, we're not going to read any other passages this morning. I'm just going to unfold it right from this uh, opening chapter of the book of Genesis. It says, in the beginning, God created. You know, right at the beginning, where it talks in, in the book of Genesis, it doesn't try to convince us that God exists. It doesn't try to convince us that there's a God in heaven. It simply just states it with confidence that God is there. Aren't you glad of that this morning? You know, so often we're trying to convince people, but you know, God didn't try and convince people. He just, the Bible says that God was just there. Now, the Bible does give us examples to know that God does exist. Uh, and, uh, and one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways we find out that God exists is when we look at the heavens and the earth, when we look at all that God has created. The Bible says, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. If you want to know if God exists, just open your eyes. Look around you. The evidence is everywhere. Honestly, like, you know, if you're an atheist this morning, if you're an agnostic, I just want to challenge you this morning. Open up your eyes. Look around you. See, see the, the amazing universe we live in and realize there's a God in heaven who's there and he cares for you. Right at this opening words here, that it speaks of a, a God who brings purpose and God who creates with intelligence. It's called a, a teleological argument this morning, the fact that God has created with intelligence and design. And these opening words of the book of Genesis, actually, in this first chapter, it describes the narrative of six days where God creates and God makes all that we can see and that which we cannot see. And I love this. And whatever view you take this morning, I, you know, I don't know. There's lots of different views out there, even when it comes to the book of Genesis, whether you think it's, it's just poetic or whether you think it's literal or whether you think it's one 24-hour day each day represents or whether you think it's an expansive time. It doesn't really matter this morning. Let's not get lost in that. Let's get lost this morning in the wonder that there's an intelligent designer out there God himself who's created everything we can see. And I wanted to grab this this morning. Right in this narrative, we have this idea of the six days. And it says that the, 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 the world was empty and void. It's this idea of empty and void or wild and waste. There's two Hebrew words there that are actually repeat. And if you knew the original language, which the Bible was written in the, the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, these two words are rhyming words deliberately to get the point across. Now, I'm going to teach you them this morning. Not that I'm a Hebrew expert by any means. I've just stolen it from someone else this morning. But here's what it says here. These two words, and, 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 and I need you to uh, say them right where you are, right at home this morning. It, it's easy, although it does sound a little bit like Klingon this morning, okay? So, but the two words are toho faboho, okay? You can say that right there at your home this morning. Toho faboho. The guys are saying it in the room. Let's try it one more time. Toho faboho. And that means actually wild and waste. You know, when, when, when God spoke and, and God began to create, those opening words are a description of what God is about to do. The, those words of the fact that wild and empty and void is a description of, of, of what the world was like. 
And, and in the first three days, God creates three realms, three levels that God creates. And, and God looks at the problem of the fact that, there's, that it, it, it's empty, uh, there's, there's, it's, uh, there's no order there, and he begins to bring order and form. And in the first three days, we have this idea of the three levels that God creates. The first day is that of light. Now, I love this idea because, you know, we often think when it comes to this creation narrative and the story in the Bible, that when we get to day four, we have the, this, the, the, the sun and the moon to bring light into the world. But right at the beginning, uh, light comes into the world, not because of the sun or the moon, but actually because of God himself. And light is in the world. And this is the first level where God begins the expanse of time and time is established. Day one, light comes into the world. Day two, we have the skies and the sea. Day three, we have the land and the plants. And there's these three levels. And God has formed these three days and, 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 the, and all that stuff that's there. And there's those three levels that are there. But you know what? They're there, but they're they're still empty. There's, there's nothing living there. There's nothing inhabiting those spaces. And God then begins his process to bring some creation, to bring more living creatures into those uh, spaces. And it says this idea that actually um, the, 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 the following three days where God begins to, to breathe life and bring life in, into the humanity. And I love that fact because it's this idea that on, on day, day uh, four, we have this idea of the, the skies that are created and the creatures come in the, the universe and day five and day six. It's, it's a, a brilliant passage. It just shows how amazing our God is. And, and I want us to grab this idea because each of the days it says uh, that there's going to be evening and morning. Uh, it says in day one and day two, and right up to day six, there's evening and morning, and then day had cre- was created. And then right at the, at the end of this passage, it, it just repeats again and again the fact that God is good and what God has done is good. And I love that idea that, that God is always doing good things in our lives, and what God creates and what God makes is good. So I want you to get the picture that the first three days, God forms all that we can see. Then he, he begins to put, you know, it, you know, creatures to live there. That's the, the, the language we have there. And, and you know, when we think of our, our, our galaxy, it contains um, billions of individual stars. Our galaxy alone, the Milky Way, contains over 200 billion stars. But you know, it's not only, the, the, there's more than just the one galaxy, there's other galaxies out there. And I love this idea that when we think of creation, you know, God created the sun and the moon and the stars. He created the galaxies, and they're, they're pretty amazing. You know, when you look at, at creation, when you look at the galaxies, whatever you look at, it just shows the fingerprint of God everywhere. You know, the, the universe has just the right gravitational force. It has just the right speed of light. Whatever you look at, it has just the right average distance between the stars because all these things are important because without those uh, borders and without those boundaries, actually things would begin to implode. And, and I love this idea that um, you know, when, we, when we look at, at creation, we have to conclude that the universe was, did not 
it wasn't created by chance. Whatever you feel this morning, whatever you think, it wasn't created by chance, you know, apart from an intelligent designer. You know, when you look at the cosmos, when you look at the forest floors, when you look at the skies, when you look at the human beings, when you look at us this morning, how amazing we are. I, I, I don't want us to miss the fact of how amazing our world is that we live in. And everything is working together in rhythm. Everything is working together for purpose. And to think it just happened by chance, I don't know. I, I find that difficult this morning just to think it happened by chance. I think there's an intelligent designer. I think God is involved. So whatever view you take this morning, why do you think, you know, God used evolution and God brought things about? I don't want you to get lost in that this morning, but I want you to understand that whatever Whatever, whatever you look at, whatever way you go, we've got to understand that God is involved. That God is an intelligent designer causing things to happen. And this first chapter of Genesis gives us this big picture of what God's about. The, the fact that God is involved and God wants to be involved in, 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 in the world. That God wants to be involved in our humanity. That God is involved in our lives. And you know, as you look at the stars, as you look at the world, as you look at all the different amazing things, you know, when you, when you go out and you look at the night sky, it is truly outstanding. It is truly amazing. But let me say this, as amazing as our world is, as amazing and outstanding uh, you know, all those things are, do you know what? You are even more outstanding this morning. You're even more amazing than the world in which we live. And I love it because when it gets to day six, you know, all the other days God creates and God says it is good. But on this day six, the Bible says that God creates humanity and he says it's very good. I want to remind you this morning that actually you're made in the image of God, that you're like God this morning, and you are truly outstanding. You are truly amazing this morning. We can see God's big purpose at work here. As I've said, as we think of our, our world, as we think of all the things that are interconnected, as we think of all the different things that are, they're truly outstanding. They're truly amazing, but we are even more amazing this morning. Sure, as we look at the narrative in Genesis chapter 1, humanity does share some of the attributes and some of the, some of the other things that the creative beings had. You know, we were made on the sixth day, the same as some of the other animals. Uh, we were made from the same dust. We eat in a similar way. We even reproduce in a similar way. We'll not go into that this morning. But I want us to understand that actually when it came to humanity, when, when, when God created mankind, it says that God breathed on man and he became a living soul. It's only the human race that God distinguishes out above all the other things that he's created. And he says it is very, very good. The human race has the ability to know and experience God. Uh, you know, here's the thing, the, here's the crazy thing. Even, e even before the, the cosmos was created, even before the world was created, the Bible says that God knew you by name, that God knew about you. 
that God had plans for your life even before the world was created. You know, if you don't feel special this morning, I don't know what else will make you feel special this morning. Because if you don't understand the fact that there's a God in heaven who loves you, who cares for you, who thinks you're amazing, who even thought of you before the moon and the stars were in the sky, then actually we will never feel special. You'll never feel special just by putting on a nice pair of jeans or a nice shirt. You know, the thing that really makes you feel special this morning is to know there's a God in heaven who's actually, who's got plans plans for your life, and it's got purpose for you this morning. Even when it comes to this idea of Genesis chapter 3, when mankind decide to go their own way and decide to say, God, we're just going to do things our way. You know, even after that in the Bible, even, even at this point, the, you know, the Bible still describes us as being in the image of God. We're still created in God's image, all being the fact that we may be marred, that, that, that actually we, we're not as we should be. But that's what, this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came into the world, was to reverse that so that we could be recreated back in the image of God. You know, when we think of this idea of being made in God's likeness, that's pretty amazing. When God says, let us make mankind in our image to be like God us. Do you realize this morning that you are like God this morning? Do you realize you are like God? That actually God has put his fingerprint into you, that God has put his DNA in you in that sort of, in that sort of sense that, that when we look at our lives, we see what God is truly like. I want to say there's four things I just want to mention this morning as we go through. Four things that actually make us like God. There could be many more this morning, but I want to mention just four things that actually help us to understand that we are like God. The first one is this. It's in relationship. You know, right at the beginning, God creates humanity because he, God wants us to share in relationship with him and to know him, to experience him. The picture we have in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is the, the fact that God created the human race. He, he takes Adam, makes him from the dust, and then he breathes into his nostrils and he becomes alive. Now, whether you think that's poetic or literal, as I said, it's not the point this morning. But what it does reveal to us in this passage is this, is about the fact that God is intimate. You see, when someone breathes near you, you know they are close. And you got to hope they've got good breath at that point in time. But, you know, when someone gets near you and you can feel their breath on you, it speaks of intimacy and closeness. And God says to us this morning that he's looking for intimacy. He's looking for a sense of closeness in our lives. Out of all that is created in our world, all the other life forms, it is only the human race who can actually know and experience God. What a truly amazing thing. So we're like God in a sense in our relationships. We can know God. We can experience God. And I want to say I don't really think we flourish in our relationships with one another until we're truly in relationship with God. Let me just stop there for a moment. I want you to get that, the, the, the fact that if you really want to flourish in relationship and friendship with others, you need to get in relationship with God because that puts everything in order in your life. So the first thing is this, we're like God and the fact that we can relate, we can connect, we can know, but also in our responsibility. 
Alongside this relationship, we have been given, we've been given the God-like ability to, to lead and to take care of the world and that which is around us. Genesis chapter 1, God says to Adam and Eve, you know, he explicitly tells them to rule over the earth, to, to subdue it. In other words, to lead and, and to govern and, and to be involved in humanity. Now, whatever side of the coin you may fall on this morning, whether you think that global warming is a scam or whether you think it's a serious issue, again, I don't want us to get lost in that, but I do want to say this morning that we should really take care of the stuff that's in front of us. Because God has given us resources, and I'm not just talking about the resources in a global sense or the, or the natural resources in our world. It is good to take care of those things. Absolutely, it really is. But you know what? It comes right down to us. Are we taking care? Or are we, are we being responsible for our friendships and our relationships? Are you taking responsibility this morning? Are you taking responsibility to the resources that you have? See, you can get lost and you can begin to think, well, what about all the natural resources? What about, you know, uh, global warming? What about recycling and all those things are good? But if you don't look after the resources that are right in front of you, you'll never think of the bigger resources that are out there. So I want to encourage you this morning, we have the ability to lead. God has called all of us in humanity to take ownership and to take leadership in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, and actually to look after one another. So number two is this, we have a responsibility. And this means looking after our relationships. This means looking after our resources. Number three this morning, I get excited on this one. I have to say, I'm excited as I think of being like God. It sounds almost egotistical, doesn't it, really, when you say that I am like God. But you know, that's what the Bible says. We are like God. Number three is this this morning. Actually, you know, to be like God means we're like God in creativity. That, you know, we are all have the ability to create and to make some amazing things. When we look at our world, you know, hasn't the human race made some amazing things, whether it's architecture, whether it's technological advancements, whether it's scientific advancement, haven't we made some amazing things? We really have. Now, I am aware that, of course, that with this ability, this ability to create and to bring things and, 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 and to have an idea and make that happen, sometimes Sometimes we've created some things that aren't so good. And we need to pause there and think, what am I creating? But we also have the ability to create the most amazing things. This idea that, that we can have a thought, that we can begin to create, that we can see that thing come to pass. Isn't that pretty amazing this morning that we have this ability to be creative? Now, I'm not saying you have to be an artist, but in one sense, I, I want you to get this idea that we're all artistic in nature. You know, whether you're in your garden, whether you're in your home, it's, it's such an amazing thing. And we take it for granted, and I don't want us to take it for granted. I want us to stop, and I want us to pause and realize that we can have a thought in our mind. We can begin to take that thought and make that thought happen, and we can bring life to that thought. You see, we are just like God. Now, not quite the same. We aren't God this morning. Let me say that in case some of you go away thinking, I am a God. Please don't do that. And don't contact us at Icon Church, okay? But I want you to say that you are like God this morning. 
You're like God. We have the power to see, the power to speak, and the power to shape. The power to see, the power to speak, and the power to shape. And we need to take this uh, responsibility and we need to think, well, what am I creating? What am I seeing? What am I speaking out? What am I shaping? Whether it's in our relationships, whether it's, you know, to do with the resources, what are we doing? Because as as God's uh, children, as being in the image of God, we have a responsibility to create something amazing. Now, of course, when God created God created out of nothing. That's what makes God God. God simply seen and he spoke and it came into being. And then we see what God has made. We create out of what God has created. We're simply recreating. We're simply taking what's out there and we're making something amazing out of it. But here's the great thing. We can still do amazing things. We can, we can be like God in our creativity. We can be like God in a responsibility. We can be like God in our relationships. We have the ability to do so much. And we must not underestimate it. We must not underestimate the fact that we are so amazing this morning. I just want to say it again and again. I don't want you to lose it this morning. I don't want you to, to miss the fact of how amazing we truly are. And even as you look and you think, well, that person's not amazing. Well, they have the ability to be amazing. They have the ability to be just like God. But number four this morning. Number four, I think, is really powerful because if we really want to know what it means to be in the image of God and to look like God, it means this, that actually we follow the example of Jesus. And the Bible says in the book of Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And Jesus showed that what he was like in the image of God by his ability to serve and to care for others. Number four is this, the ability to serve and care for others. What what a truly outstanding thing that Jesus did. Jesus gave us this example. He was willing to serve. He didn't misuse his abilities or his authority. He didn't take advantage of those around him. Instead, he went out of his way to help them, to to, to give people hope, to give people a future, to give people a, a sense of compassion where they needed compassion. Jesus was willing to serve. And the book of Philippians chapter 2 tells us this idea that we should live our lives to be like Jesus that we should live our lives as the example of Jesus who didn't, you know, take all his, his, his nature and his God-likeness, something to be grasped, but instead he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross. And we want to know what it means to be like God. If you want to think, well, what does it mean to be in the image of God? It means this, we're willing to serve. We're willing to help. We're willing to go the extra mile this morning. To be God-like means that we seek to build a better world, a better community, and a better family. Whatever order you want to put that in this morning, this is the amazing responsibility we have, is the fact that we are like 
God this morning. Every time I read those words or think of that phrase where God says, let us make humankind in our image to be like us. Do you know what? It sends a shiver down my spine. It sends goosebumps on my back and every part of me because this idea that we are not just a bunch of chemicals. Of course, we are chemicals, but we are much more than that. We are made in the image of God. And we can see God's big plan at work here. We see the big picture. We see the big purpose of creation. And we see God's big plan at work and unfolding. Now, you may think to yourself, well, we, we've talked about six days. You've, you've talked about that and I've been made in the image of God. But what about day seven? Everyone likes day seven because it talks about day seven being a place of rest. Well, day seven is still part of God's big plan this morning. And I want us to finish just for a few moments just to think on day seven this morning in the Genesis narrative. Because Genesis uh, chapter one and chapter two talk about the seventh day. And in the original language, this idea of seven is, 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 is it's a concept of perfection. And, and the, the number seven is repeated again and again and again in the book of Genesis in the Hebrew language. Because when we get to day seven, day seven is the only time where it does not say there was evening and there was morning on that day. All other days, day one through to day six, it says there was evening and there was morning on the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, and the sixth day, but it doesn't mention it in day seven. Well, why is that this morning? Why? I'll tell you why this morning, because day seven was supposed to be an image and a picture of God and humanity sharing a creation together. It was this image of a non-ending vision for God's best for humanity. So when it gets to day seven, it's not supposed to end. It's not supposed to be the end. It's supposed to be the beginning of humanity to live out their best lives. And you know what? It's still not lost. We can recreate this in Jesus. We can know the, the, the power of this connection back with God again. It's God's ideal that we should be in perfect connection with him. As I've said, this idea of seven is mentioned again and again because it wants to draw our attention to the fact that, that God wants us to experience his rest that God wants this, us to experience his best in our lives. You know, one of, one of the great phrases we use here at Icon Church is this idea that, uh, you know, our vision is about human flourishing. And what a brilliant phrase, you know. The word icon that we use here for church actually comes from the Greek language, but it's based right back here in Genesis the, the, the fact that we live our best lives when we're in the image of God, when we're flourishing, we begin to flourish when we become like God. All these elements here in chapter 1 and chapter 2, there's, there's a, a rhythm that's taken place. There's a pulse that has taken place of the, you know, the, the days and the, the, the seasons and things repeating again and again. And there's something powerful, isn't it, that we can learn in our lives about rhythms. We can learn in our lives about, you know, the story and the narrative of Genesis chapter 1, and we can begin to think to ourselves, well, what rhythms 
can I put into my life? What are the things that I can add in to be like God? If I want to live my life like God and be like God this morning, then I need to pay attention to the rhythms that are in my life. And I want us to finish this morning with five questions that you can ask yourself. And maybe these questions you can ask yourself Monday to Friday or whenever you want. Uh, You may ask them every day. But from Monday to Friday, we have these five questions that the guys are going to come back and we're going to wrap up in a minute. But in these five questions, I want you to think of this morning. Question number one. I want you to think of our world. I want you to think of your life. I want you to think of Genesis 1 and 2 where God creates and brings life. Let me ask you this question this morning. What light are you bringing into the darkness? See, that's a good question we can ask ourselves as we go about our business day by day. What light am I bringing into the darkness? Into the darkness situations that people find themselves in. Question number two is this. What calm am I bringing into the chaos? It's so easy this morning to be a drama person and to bring chaos in your workplace and your home life. But come on, if we want to be like God this morning, we need to ask ourselves the question, what calm am I bringing into the chaos? Third question is this this morning, what am I creating and reproducing? What am I creating? We all have the ability to create something amazing. And I want you to think of your life. What are you creating? What are you reproducing? What are you doing with your time? Okay, we may be in lockdown, but you know what? You can still do stuff. You can still create. You can live out your life to be like God. You can create new ideas. Maybe some of you this morning, God's just put a spark of an idea in your life to do something, to start a charity, to help people, to serve in a new way at Icon Church. Maybe that creative idea has come into your mind. Can I encourage you? You know, take it, see it, begin to take shape and make that happen. So number three this morning, what am I creating? What am I reproducing? Number four is this. What legacy am I leaving behind? See, the story we have in Genesis chapter 1 is God creates the plants, seed-burning plants, to reproduce after themselves. They're leaving a legacy. What legacy are we leaving? What legacy are we leaving? Come on, we can, we can leave a legacy behind. We can make a difference. I'm not saying we're all going to disappear this morning. Or our lives are going to come to an end. But we need to think, what, what's the legacy I'm leaving? And number five this morning, the final questions, and maybe, maybe you could take these questions and just use one each day. But the fifth question is this, how am I treating those who are made in God's image? How am I treating those around me? Because if you don't treat others well, then you're not living your life in the image of God. How are we treating? When we look at people, what do we see? You see, you may say, well, my neighbor isn't a follower of Jesus. It's not the point. They still carry something inherent in their lives of the fact that they are made in God's image. 
And when you look at them, can I encourage you, see the image of God in their lives. How do you treat people? How are we treating people? You know, it's a great question to ask at the start of a day. How am I treating those that are made in God's image? And maybe, maybe just at the end of our days, maybe at the end of our 24 hours, maybe as you're getting ready to go to bed, it's great to look back and say, it is good. What I've done today, it is good. We all want to look back at our day and say, it is good. You know, we've done a good thing. Imagine this morning how exciting our lives can be adventurous our lives could be, the adventures we could undertake if we were just to grasp this idea of how amazing we are. Instead of seeing our limitations, instead of seeing the things that are around us, come on, guys, we need to see this morning how amazing we truly are. You are amazing. Never forget it. You're made in the image of God. You are amazing. We're going to pray this morning. And I want to pray for every one of us. You could be watching this morning and maybe you've never made a decision to follow God. Maybe you feel far from God this morning. Maybe you feel distant. Maybe those two words that I mentioned right at the beginning, those two Hebrew words which I get is to repeat, toho boho, maybe that's a description of your life. Maybe it feels empty and void, wild and waste. I really do think that it's not until we have that relationship with God are we truly living. And you can be watching this morning, and maybe you believe in God. Maybe you've even been to church before. Maybe, maybe even you, you've even prayed before, but, but you know you're not really connected with God. Can I encourage you? Make a decision today to follow God, to get in relationship with God. To live out your best life being like God this morning. You may feel this morning your heart beating even as you're watching from home. Maybe your hands are getting sweaty as you begin to think of this idea of the fact that you need God in your life. Maybe whatever emotion you're going through this morning. Let me say first of all, you are amazing. God loves you and God's got a plan for your life. And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. Right on the screen this morning where you're watching from, whether it's a, on the church online platform or on YouTube, you'll see a link or a button that says, raised hand. Can I encourage you to make a decision to say, you know, I need this relationship with God. I'm not really living my life as I should do. Uh, my life is here, but it feels empty and void. And it will feel empty and void unless God is part of it. But the brilliant news is this this morning. You can experience God. You can know God. You can be in relationship with God this morning. So I want to encourage you to press the button this morning. To hit the link. They say, yes, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to count down from five to one. And as I count down, I want you to be hitting that button and say, you know, I need God in my life. I need to know God. Maybe you once walked with God and you're far away and you need to come back. Can I encourage you to hit the button? We're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to send you a gift this morning. And once you make that decision to follow Jesus, leave us your details. There's a little form you simply fill in. We'll not harass you. We will simply get in contact with you to help you follow 
God. Are we ready this morning? We're going to pray five, four, three, two, one. I want to encourage you to press that button this morning. For those who are pressing the button, thank you this morning for making that decision to say yes to God. I'm praying for you right now. God, I thank you for everyone who said yes this morning. For those who have raised their hand figuratively by hitting the button this morning, I pray for every one of them, Lord. Help them, oh God, right now in their homes, wherever they're watching for, from, oh God, to experience your love, to experience your grace, to experience your Holy Spirit at work in their lives, to know forgiveness. I pray, oh God, that people would know you this morning. I pray for every person who is saying yes. God, help them to follow you for the rest of their lives. God, I pray for everyone who's watching this stream this morning, for those of us who follow you, God, for those of us who know you, God, I pray for each one of us. God, help us to take seriously this idea that we are made in your image. I pray, oh God, for your blessing to flow. In Jesus' name.